0: Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Chris. And today could be
1: all about choices. It could be. I suppose every day is all about choices.
0: Uh, I mean, I guess. There's a lot of them to make in the course of a day. Uh, In Acts 24... Uh, We're looking at a pretty important choice, actually. And I think maybe we'll dig into that a little bit. Basically, what we get here is that Paul has already been arrested. He's appealing to one governor. (laughs) That governor just holds him so long (laughs) that he, like, retires, I guess. I I don't know if you really retire in Rome. But um, then a new governor comes. And the big choice here is that Paul has chosen to appeal to Caesar, uh, which is kind of like a a political hammer of sorts. Like, it's kind of the end all. It's
1: kind Um, of... One of the, it's like the ultimate card you could play. Yeah. Yeah, so it is also kind of interesting that they, they just kind of pass pass off the decision-making here, um, just get somebody else to make this decision so I don't have to. It seems like there's a lot of that going on.
0: Well, Jerusalem is definitely a tinderbox, and it was not a favorite place for Roman officials to be because it was a tinderbox. The, uh, the Jews were kind of known for getting in giant uproars about all kinds of different things, and so... There develops this need to just kind of control that city, hmm. and that area.
1: I wonder, too, if there would have been any, like, echoes of what happened with Jesus here that they would have at least been familiar with. Like, hey, the Jews wanted to kill this other guy. We let him do it. Like, how many people are we gonna let him kill? It was not
0: that long ago. Um, Yeah. So... I, that was actually one thing that was sticking on my mind so basically what's happening here is like Paul's just in prison uh he's he's speaking to a lot of people he's in he's in prison for two ye- two years um in between governors um and I would guess with him being in prison so he's like it's not like prison like we would assume prison is today um he's under guard but people are allowed to come and go mm-hmm. people are allowed to you know do things with him and care for him and bring him things. He writes a number of his letters from this period saying, of time. I there was there's a significant amount of ministry that's able to happen in this period of time, so it's not wasted time. Um, yeah, so the the, the question is, when, when Paul appeals to Caesar and basically sets his face to Rome, did he make the wrong call, or is this what Paul was
1: always yeah. meant to do? Yeah, I was reflecting that I remember uh, back in my eighth grade Bible class, our Bible teacher said that this was a mistake. Uh, that Paul should not have done this. This uh, impacted his ministry, but by kind of playing his citizenship card, mm-hmm. he actually made a mistake here. At the same time, we've also like seen that Paul kind of had his eyes towards Rome and wanted to go there. And so, was this a bad choice, or was it actually Paul trying to force their hand so that he could, not freely being able to travel to Rome at this point, that he could find a way to get to Rome? Uh, I'd probably lean towards that one a bit more, because his ultimate goal was to preach to as many people as possible, and uh, I think being able to preach in Rome was something that he desired to do.
0: Rome would have been the, the center of everything at that point. So you, you have kind of the religious Jewish center here in Jerusalem. Paul's kind of been there, done that. Um, it, it does, to me, it lines up with his heart for the Gentiles. There's, there's no more center of Gentile life than Rome at this point. And so he he's gonna get sent there on Rome's dime uh that's not a bad not a bad way to yeah. go, probably less shipwrecks, less stonings. <laughs> it's a safer way to go it's always
1: a, It's always a good thing when you can get a few less of those <laughs> so and this the reading today actually leaves off with like, well, we could have released him, but he appealed to yeah Caesar, and I think that's probably where that view that you know maybe he made a mistake is it it can kind of sound like well, he could have been free. Uh, but maybe his goal wasn't to be free.
0: Uh, I just have a hard time believing that a guy that God sought out on some weird road in Damascus is actually allowed to just screw up his ministry.
1: (laughs) It is one of those, I mean, it's one of the tensions we deal with. Yes, it is. We talked about it it before on this podcast that, you know, people have choices and choices have consequences and they're important, but God's also all powerful and Mm -hmm. in control. And somehow that all works together Mm -hmm. and God's not up there surprised. Um, and we're not robots, like all the extreme statements, somehow those things work together, but I would probably lean towards, I think Paul actually wanted to go to Rome on this one. What do you think?
0: Uh, yeah, I think there, I just, I just think there's no other way this story
1: plays out. No. I think that this is, I think this has been set forth before the foundation of time. Uh, well, and I guess that means, you know, if, if that's the case, well, we just have to tune in tomorrow and see what happens when he gets there.
0: Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot coming. So, uh, you know, one of the things that I'm encouraged by in this is actually just Paul's. We're not all Paul, but Paul's like crystal clear resolve to represent the gospel, um, unashamed
1: in the face of false accusations.
0: Just he's gonna he's gonna take whatever beatings are coming at him. He's gonna be accused of whatever he's gonna be accused of. He's very confident in the hope that he has in Christ. Um, and it 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 just reminds me of how bright the gospel is and how worthy it is to serve Mm. the gospel with our lives i recently heard a pretty compelling speaker talk about how the darkness never overcomes the light no matter how dark it is amen so yeah we'll be back tomorrow we'll keep playing the story out we'll see you then bye acts 24 starting in verse 1 Five days later, Ananias, the high priest, arrived with some of the Jewish elders and the lawyer, Tertullus, to present their case against Paul to the governor. When Paul was called in, Tertullus presented the charges against Paul in the following address to the governor. You have provided a long period of peace for us Jews, and with foresight have enacted reforms for us. For all of this, Your Excellency, we are very grateful to you. But I don't want to bore you, so please give me your attention for only a moment." We have found this man to be a troublemaker who is constantly stirring up riots among the Jews all over the world. He is a ringleader of the cult known as the Nazarenes. Furthermore, he was trying to desecrate the temple when we arrested him. You can find out the truth of our accusations by examining him yourself. Then the other Jews chimed in, declaring that everything Tertullus had said was true. The governor then motioned for Paul to speak. Paul said, "'I know, sir.' That you have been a judge of Jewish affairs for many years, so I gladly present my defense before you. You can quickly discover that I arrived in Jerusalem no more than twelve days ago to worship at the temple. My accusers never found me arguing with anyone in the temple, nor stirring up a riot in any synagogue or on the streets of the city. These men cannot prove the things they accuse me of doing. But I admit that I follow the way, which they call a cult. I worship the God of our ancestors, and I firmly believe the Jewish law and everything written in the prophets. I have the same hope in God that these men have, that he will raise both the righteous and the unrighteous. Because of this, I always try to maintain a clear conscience before God and all people. After several years away, I returned to Jerusalem with money to aid my people and to offer sacrifices to God. My accusers saw me in the temple as I was completing a purification ceremony. There was no crowd around me and no rioting. But some Jews from the province of Asia were there, and they ought to be here to bring charges if they have anything against me. Ask these men here. Here. What crime the Jewish High Council found me guilty of, except for the one time I shouted out, I am on trial before you today because I believe in the resurrection of the dead. At that point, Felix, who was quite familiar with the way, adjourned the hearing and said, Wait until Lysias, the garrison commander, arrives. Then I will decide the case. He ordered an officer to keep Paul in custody, but to give him some freedom and allow his friends to visit him and take care of his needs. A few days later, Felix came back with his wife, Dursula, who was Jewish. Sending for Paul, they listened as he told them about faith in Christ Jesus. As he reasoned with them about righteousness and self-control in the coming day of judgment, Felix became frightened. Go away for now, he replied. When it is more convenient, I'll call for you again. He also hoped that Paul would bribe him, so he sent for him quite often and talked with him. After two years went by in this way, Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus, and because Felix wanted to gain favor with the Jewish people, he left Paul in prison. Three days after Festus arrived in Caesarea to take over his new responsibilities, he left for Jerusalem, where the leading priests and other Jewish leaders met with him and made their accusations against Paul. They asked Festus as a favor to transfer Paul to Jerusalem, planning to ambush and kill him on the way. But Festus replied that Paul was at Caesarea and he himself would be returning there soon. So he said, those of you in authority can return with me. If Paul has done anything wrong, you can make your accusations. About eight or ten days later, Festus returned to Caesarea, and on the following day, he took his seat in court and ordered that Paul be brought in. When Paul arrived, the Jewish leaders from Jerusalem gathered around him and made many serious accusations they couldn't prove. Paul denied the charges. I'm not guilty of any crime against the Jewish laws of the temple or the Roman government, he said. Then Festus, wanting to please the Jews, asked him, Are you willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial before me there? But Paul replied, No. This is the official Roman court, so I ought to be tried right here. You know very well I am not guilty of harming the Jews. If I have done something worthy of death, I don't refuse to die. But if I am innocent, no one has the right to turn me over to these men to kill me. I appeal to Caesar." Festus conferred with his advisors, and they replied, Very well. You have appealed to Caesar, and to Caesar you will go. A few days later, King Agrippa arrived with his sister, Bernice, to pay their respects to Festus. During their stay of several days, Festus discussed Paul's case with the king. There is a prisoner here, he told him, whose case was left for me by Felix. When I was in Jerusalem, the leading priests and Jewish elders pressed charges against him and asked me to condemn him. I pointed out to them that Roman law does not convict people without a trial. They must be given an opportunity to confront their accusers and defend themselves. When his, when his accusers came here for the trial, I didn't delay. I called the case the very next day and ordered Paul brought in. But the accusations made against him weren't any of the crimes I expected. Instead, it was something about their religion and a dead man named Jesus, who Paul insists is alive. I was at a loss to know how to investigate these things, so I asked him whether... He would be willing to stand trial on these charges in Jerusalem. But Paul appealed to have his case decided by the emperor, so I ordered that he be held in custody until I could arrange to send him to Caesar. I'd like to hear the man myself, Agrippa said. And Festus replied, you will, tomorrow.
1: So the next day, Agrippa and Bernice arrived at the auditorium with great pomp, accompanied by military officers and prominent men of the city. Festus ordered that Paul be brought in. Then Festus said, King Agrippa and all who are here, this is the man whose death is demanded by all the Jews, both here and in Jerusalem. But in my opinion, he has done nothing deserving death. However, since he appealed his case to the emperor, I have decided to send him to Rome. But what shall I write the emperor? For there is no clear charge against him. And so I have brought him before all of you, and especially you, King Agrippa, that after we examine him, I might have something to write. For it makes no sense to send a prisoner to the emperor without specifically "'specifying the charges against him. "'Then Agrippa said to Paul, "'You may speak in your defense.' "'So Paul, gesturing with his hand, started his defense. "'I am fortunate, King Agrippa, "'that you are the one hearing my defense today "'against all these accusations made by the Jewish leaders. For I know that you are an expert "'in all the Jewish customs and controversies. "'Now please listen to me patiently. "'As the Jewish leaders are well aware, "'I was given a thorough Jewish training "'from my earliest childhood among my own people "'and in Jerusalem.' If they would admit it, they know that I have been a member of the Pharisees, the strictest sect of our religion. Now I am on trial because of my hope in the fulfillment of God's promise made to our ancestors. In fact, that is why the 12 tribes of Israel zealously worship God day and night, and they share the same hope I have. Yet, your majesty, they accuse me for having this hope. Why does it seem incredible to any of you that God can raise the dead? I used to believe that I ought to do everything I could to oppose the very name of Jesus the Nazarene. Indeed, I did just that in Jerusalem. Authorized by the leading priest, I caused many believers there to be sent to prison, and I cast my vote against them when they were condemned to death. Many times I had them punished in the synagogues to get them to curse Jesus. I was so violently opposed to them that even I chased them down in foreign cities. One day, I was on such a mission to Damascus, armed with the authority and commission of the leading priests. About noon, your majesty, as I was on the road, a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shone down on me and my companions. We all fell down, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is useless for you to fight against my will. Who are you, Lord? I asked. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and witness. Tell people that you have seen me, and tell them what I will show you in the future and I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. And so King Agrippa, I obeyed that vision from heaven. I preached first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem and throughout all Judea, and also to the Gentiles that they must repent of their sins and turn to God and prove that they have changed by the good things they do. Some Jews arrested me in the temple for preaching this and tried to kill me, but God has protecting me right up until this present time, so I can testify to everyone from the least of these to the greatest. I teach nothing except what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer and be the first to rise from the dead, and in this way announce God's light to Jews and Gentiles alike. Suddenly Festus shouted, Paul, you're insane. Too much study has made you crazy. But Paul replied, I am not insane, most excellent Festus. What I am saying is the sober truth, and King Agrippa knows about these things. I speak boldly, for I am sure these events are all familiar to him, for they were not done in the corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Agrippa interrupted him. Do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? Paul replied, whether quickly or not, I pray to God that both of you and everyone here in this audience might become the same as I am, except for these change. Then the king, the governor, Bernice, and all the others stood and left. As they went out, they talked it over and agreed. This man hasn't done anything to deserve death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, he could have been set free if he hadn't appealed to Caesar.